Hello everyone and welcome to One for All, the weekly show where we rewatch and review the anime My Hero Academia. As always, I am your host, Anna, and my other host is here as well, as always. Nancy. Now this week we are going to be continuing our review of the provisional licensing arc. And this episode has a real great name. It's called Rush. It is season three, episode 18. Moving right along. Yeah, we're getting to the end. Moving right along was not part of the title. That's just something I added to interject. Now, so far, this this arc has been really exciting. It's very action-packed mm-hmm. with too many balls. Yes, way too many balls. Way too many balls. There's way too much innuendo in this in this arc. But that's okay. How was your week this week outside of the show? And then we'll hop right in. I feel like this was like a great week for the people that you like really admire to, re- to let you down, to be perfectly honest. Uh, I won't go into the details, but there was some information about a creator that has been like a huge part of my life since I was 12. Uh, Some stuff came out about him that was really unfortunate, and it just was kind of disappointing as a result. Yeah, it was a week for disappointment, and our childhood, like creative influences, our government... (laughs) (laughs) Lots of places and people let us down this week, but that's okay. We're not going to talk about the real world this week. It's a terrible place. We're going to talk about the fictional world of My Hero Academia, where things are much, much better for our good heroes. What do you remember about this specific episode? I remember this is where this this round of the test finishes off, and we get to see who passes the first round. And I don't think there are any big surprises this time around. The next round, there there are surprises. And I remember this one being a lot of fun. Soon we will be done with the balls. Yes. No more balls. No more balls. I think it's funny that this is an arc that so heavily features balls and targets. And then like one of the characters we're going to talk about today, his quirk is called Meatball. So True. we just have just more balls. Everywhere. <laughs> Everywhere. All the time. Without further ado, let's get into it and watch the episode, and then we'll be back to tell you all about it. See you soon. And we are back. We start with the obligatory recap, uh, which explains test one again. The ball story. All the balls. All the balls. On the targets. And we um, also get a recap of how many people have passed up to this point, which I believe at this point is 62. 62. And it kind of begins like, I feel like a trend for this episode, which is you get this constant countdown of like how many kids have passed, how many kids are left, and how many UA students are left. Because obviously we want them all to pass and to go on to the next round, but that's not guaranteed. Yeah, the other thing that I want to point out here is just how much money they must spend on this test. Because they do mm-hmm. two of them at the same time. Because we know Class B is elsewhere. At having, another location. At a, another location having their test. And they are literally destroying all these structures and like everything yeah. else. That is so much money. I mean, I guess it says how much they value having, you know, good heroes. Or maybe it's just because sometimes things in these animes are kind of silly. Yeah, either that or the cost of construction has gone way down. Who knows? But I just thought about that. I was watching the recap and I'm like, good lord, there's so many buildings here that they're literally just blowing up. And they'll have to build them again for next time. Yep. No wonder that guy never sleeps. Mm -hmm. But we actually get a scene with uh, Ketsubutsu Academy who is talking about how, you know, breaking the terrain actually has 
like kind of played to their advantage because here they are late in the test and people are rushing around like really expending their energy like trying to get the, these last couple spots mm -hmm. but they as a group are still together and it's also encourage people to go after ua because they're a known quantity where their particular school like people don't know, know their powers yet so it's working to their advantage in more ways than one yep they make a comment about how the head boy over there is very tactful, right? He's very tactically thinking. His companion actually calls him something else which is less complimentary. They said thing about like, oh, your nice face is gone or something like that. Yeah. Which he's drawn pretty villainously in this scene. Yeah, you can you can tell like this dude's a thinker. Like he's he's very much a planner and he mm -hmm. will take advantage of other people's weaknesses. Yeah. Doesn't really seem very heroic, I must admit. Nope, but you know what? If Endeavor is any indication... Yeah, it happens. That's not a pre-requirement in hero society at the moment. Once we jump from this scene, we return to Bakugo land. Yeah, and if you remember from last time, he is facing off against this student um, from Shiketsu, I believe. Yep. He's got the hat. Who turns people into little meaty bits, including Karishima. Um, who has been turned into a blob. Yeah, they, they have a conversation about how, you know, the test has an abnormally low passing rate this year after All Might's defeat, which you would think that they would be trying to pass more people than less, but this is an indication that they're trying to raise the bar. Yeah, they're trying to create a higher quality uh, of hero. And of course, this individual that they're fighting against, he thinks he's top dog he thinks he's the best and bakugo karishima and kanimari are not <laughs> in his eyes i you know there there's very rare moments when i really like like bakugo mm -hmm. as a character but the moment when he says tell us with your actions not with your words sir is a great line yeah because um, this guy is just a snob and i feel like this is a moment where bakugo's sort of anger and frustration is totally justified i mean it is very satisfying when he just basically tells him off yeah there's a moment though when he charges in to beat the shit out of this dude when kamineri is like no wonder nobody likes you yeah. <laughs> you're kind of a dick uh, there's a bit of a skirmish between them we see this individual whose name i think we learn is seiji meatball like he'll he sends these giant meaty fingers out from his back to attack them and like bakugo blows them up you know you know seemingly destroys them but he just sort of they reform around his arms again like his we learn quickly that his flesh is very like malleable Multiple. like if he massages it or something like that he can like detach it from himself and like use it to like you know go and grab people which is gross by the way but it, it is makes it for a very formidable power set yeah he he definitely keeps his distance mm -hmm. and he's clever too yes like we see that on a like one-to-one -one basis bakugo is probably stronger than he is yeah but what he ends up doing is he sneaks some of his fleshy fingers mm -hmm. around the other side of the bridge, like under and around the other side of the bridge, and catches Bakugo in the back. Yes. And Bakugo is enveloped in this big, meaty, fist-like structure, and he too becomes a blob. A, a Bakugo ball. It, which means that there's only one of our students left to take this guy down. And let's be honest, it's probably the one that's the least capable out of the three of them. Yeah, but thankfully, you know, there are some benefits here. Bakugo recognizes in the moment when he gets caught that he's in trouble. 
he throws something to Kaminari mm-hmm. before he becomes a Bakugo ball. Yes. Kaminari gets dissed by this dude yep. pretty hard. And we get to see him use his new toy. He shoots these discs at him and misses. Yep, and it goes right into the wall. And you think, well, that's kind of disappointing. But not unexpected for Kaminari. No, not unexpected Kaminari. But then we see him, as you mentioned, the thing that Bakugo threw earlier. He threw like a grenade, basically. And we see Kaminari blow it up and kind of catch the guy, guy off guard. And we see, like and like I said, another skirmish between them where they, you know, throw some words. And then eventually we see the real purpose of this disc that's now embedded into the wall. So while Kaminari was doing his ultimate moves training, he talked with uh, the engineering group there about how to make his powers more accurate. Because as we know, he can discharge a huge amount of electricity, but it hits everyone indiscriminately. Like this has come up several times. In fact, it's even brought up here from Seiji, like your electricity just hurts everyone. But we learn that he has found a way to basically get around it. Like what do they call like the pieces of this? Pointer, they call it like a pointer, a pointer and, and a, a shooter. shooter. So basically he has this contraption on his arm that can send out these discs as we see. And then he can basically aim towards the discs as a way to focus his electricity. So anyone caught up in its path, including Seiji, gets really zapped. Yeah, he has to be within 10 meters of the disc. Mm-hmm. Um, but so long as he is and he's pointing in the direction, it'll make a straight line from the disc to the pointer so that he doesn't electrify everyone which is great because he really needed that i feel like it it's a bit of an over-reliance on a tech item Mm -hmm. but i mean he needs something yeah and i think it's really effective and very surprising in this moment like he is able to sort of wipe the smile off of seiji's face or the smugness is probably more accurate so during this time, he doesn't just electrify Seiji. He actually steps up to defend his fellow classmates. He points out that Bakugo may be a basically toxic asshole. But he has good judgment in the moment. And Karishima, similarly, is very loyal. So it's kind of a, a nice moment and a rare heroic moment for Kaminiri. Yeah, like, he points out to Seiji, like, you know the barest amounts about these people, don't presume to know them. And we learn that Seiji's power takes a lot to, like, control to keep everybody, like, mushed up. Mm -hmm. So when he takes damage, when he gets hurt, he loses control a little bit over those little meatballs. Yes, we're able to see sort of the Karishima meatball and the Bakugo meatball start to move and pulse. And eventually they're able to break free and they both punch him right in the face. Because, as Bakugo quickly points out, like, this guy, all of his abilities are, you know, basically his quirk, his power. He has no, like, close-up defensive abilities, and he's really easy to punch out when you, once you get close enough to him. Yep, and we have this great moment where the, we took this guy out. Bakugo tells Kaminari that he's a dunce face and asks him what took so long, which mm-hmm. is really mean. Yeah, I mean, he just kind of saved their asses, but, you know, Bakugo doesn't like that. He doesn't like being the one that has to be saved. But as a bonus, um, it's not just Bakugo and Karishima that get unmeatballed. It's every other student that happens to be lying around Seiji. And Bakugo immediately sees, oh good, targets for us to pass. So after this, we actually meet up with Todoroki, who we haven't seen all episode, I believe. And he meets with Momo and Jiro and their entire group. And he's a little surprised to see them, not because they pass, but he's surprised to see them alone. Because the last he knew, everyone else in the class besides him and, and Bakugo, basically, they were all together. Yep, and there's 30 spots left. 
So the, 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 count, the final countdown begins. We go quickly back to Deku now, Saro and Ochako, who haven't passed yet. And, you know, it's getting kind of down to the wire. But fortunately, Saro and Ochako have a plan. Yeah, there are floating rock, rocks with tape. It's the most wild thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And Ochako, you know, floats up the rocks very carefully so she doesn't have a lot of debris and needlessly injures people. And she lets go of them at just the right moment and then uses Sarah's tape to pin everyone to the ground, which gives them easy targets, basically, for them to pass. Yeah, there's a third year there who's like, hey, you guys are first years, right? Like, give us a break. Like, this is our last year to try and pass. And Deku's like, I don't got time to wait around. <laughs> no mercy. Yeah. And you, he does admit we hesitate in this moment. Because it does kind of suck that, like, it sounds to me like, like, this is literally their last chance to become heroes. That's it. You don't, you know, get your hero-ness by the time you're 17 or whatever, and you're done. Which is potentially not fair. (laughs) But Deku knows that he also needs to pass in this moment. That things are getting dangerous. So he can't just let this guy win. Yep. They, They pass, and they are quickly told to come to the middle for refreshments and like to wait for the test to end. Yeah. And at this point, 79 people have passed. So that means there's only 21 spots left. Yeah. On their way back, they run into Bakugo and company, mm-hmm. which is great because the people who are not Deku and Bakugo are super excited to see each other and they do a cute little dance. Yes. Celebrating. Because they're all thrilled because, you know, they're classmates and they're happy to see that each other have won. But... You know, Bakugo continues to be his his grumpy self, or at least we think. We see what looks like a very typical Bakugo-Deku interaction, where Deku's very nervous, and Bakugo is very brusque and rude, and Deku thinks, well, geez, he's been even more of a jerk to me, you know, recently. Um, But then Bakugo comments that, you know, basically, the powers that you've had, you've clearly made them your own, which is a compliment? Yeah, he has this moment where he's like, of course you passed. Like, mm-hmm. with the power you have, like, yeah. of course you pass. Uh, and he does make that comment, like, you took what you borrowed and made it your own, huh? Mm-hmm. And then, like, wanders off, and Deku has no clue what to do with this. Yeah, not at all. And at this point, we have 18 spots left. Um, and then we go to Tenya, and a character whose name we have apparently been saying wrong for many episodes. For- forever. Forever. I thought maybe just don't say it and just go, but, you know, we messed up. We're sorry. There are a lot of characters on this show. Yuga, not Yuya, Yuga. So Tanya finds Yuga hiding, actually. And Yuga is kind of surprised. He's like, what are you doing? And Tanya's like, oh, I'm looking for other members of our class just to see, you know, to make sure everyone passes. And Yuga points out that this is actually a great way for Tanya to not pass if he's constantly spending all of his time thinking about other people. Um because then we're getting down to the wire, as mentioned previously, and there's a good chance that he just couldn't, won't pass, period. And Tanya says, but I found you, didn't I? Mm-hmm. Like, there was a purpose to this. And he points out, the, Tanya, the wonderful, dutiful uh, character, the lawful good member of Class 1A is like, you know, I'm Class A's representative. Like, it's my job to lead the class and to help everybody and so that's what i'm going to do because that's what my brother would have done Mm -hmm. really touching tenure moment like he's he's clearly learned a lot from the last couple seasons and then we switch back and we got we like a lot got a lot of 
back and forth in this moment. So we switch back to the students that are all meeting in like the winner's tent area. Yeah, they learn that 11 students from class 1A have passed, but there are eight students that haven't passed yet. And as we're about to learn, there are only like 10 spots left. So, you know, we really need to pull it together in these last few minutes. And then we switch back to Tanya and Yuga, um, who are kind of tag teaming it together. Yeah, they're having a real rough time because they're getting heavily targeted by by people. Like they keep having to dodge and run mm-hmm. and everything else. And Yuga has this moment where he realizes that like he has a dream too, right? He wants to be treated like everybody else. And we get little flashbacks to him as a kid. Like we know that he has to have this belt to use his abilities. Mm-hmm. We see him getting the belt for the first time. He's very cute. Yes, very cute. But he decides that if Tenya keeps trying to protect him and help him, he's going to fail. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't want Tenya to fail. So he does like a yoga arch yep. and shoots his laser into the sky like a beacon and says, when everybody comes here to get me, I only have one target left. Like, take advantage of that. You're so fast. Like, you can pass. And it works, basically. They immediately get rushed by the remaining participants. But it isn't only their enemies that come to them. It's their allies as well. The remaining class members of Class 1A rush in and they sort of all team up together to pass. Yeah, we get to see some really great uh, action from these. I feel like they're the, the lesser known heroes in the class. Mm-hmm. Like Mina's here and... The most important, I would say, is Coda in this moment, who brings in a giant flock of birds, like something out of Hitchcock movie. It's like a very heroic moment for a character that almost never gets them. Yeah, it's really great. And they use their powers to great effect. Not to mention, they have Tokuyami in the back, Mm -hmm. like pinch hidden and like fucking people up. And Mineta is useful because he's sticking people to the ground. Yep, which, good job, Mineta. Not really a big fan of you, but you do a good job in this scene. Ojiro's kicking them down onto the ball so they can't move. Mm-hmm. And we get this moment where, like, everybody starts passing one at a time. And they point out to Yuga that they were lost and scattered and they were having a hard time regrouping. But when they saw his laser, it was like a beacon. Like, and they were able to come together to get things done. And we know this class has great synergy together. Mm-hmm. And it really shows in this moment. It's, like, really wonderful. And it means that basically everyone in class 1A wins. Like everyone in class 1A is able to make it on to the next round. And we see sort of shots from some of the other major players from the other school also figuring out how to make it. But the emphasis here is mainly on our heroes and our students. And it's really satisfying to see all of them find a way to make it work. It's really great. The final two spots go to Yuga and to Tenya. Who, Yuga says something like, I guess my twinkle won't go out or something like that. And Tanya just doesn't know how to respond to it. It's like, uh, yeah. Yeah, probably. Probably, I guess. Yes, But I don't know. I I don't know. (laughs) And we get a little bit of commentary from Eraserhead and Joke. Where Joke's, you know, I mean, we see some of her students pass during this time too. So she's pretty happy about them. But she's also like, geez, Eraserhead. Like, you know, you should be really impressed about this class. And Eraserhead is still in grump mode. Like, he's like, geez, they they made me too nervous, basically. We're going to have to practice harder. Yeah, he's ever the stickler where mm-hmm. there were that many of you left at the end. Yeah. Like, you should have done better kind of thing. I just, I want a romantic comedy with the two of them oh, yeah. all the time. 
And it ends basically with UA celebrating all together in the winner's tent. It's a great moment. And they actually point out in the episode, we kind of glossed over it, but that UA, because they're heavily targeted every year, often loses like people right away. Mm-hmm. Like they get knocked yeah. out. But none of them got knocked out none this of them at year. All. And the real question is, but what will happen with the next test? Will there be more balls? Will there be more balls? Where everyone, will we have quite as many students passing? Will be that victorious? Who knows? I mean, we know because we've already seen what happens. Yeah. But... I, I recently rewatched the whole series again. Mm-hmm. But yeah, more to come in our provisional licensing exam. But for now, test one is over. Did you like this episode? Yeah, this episode's a lot of fun. And it's a lot of fun for the same reasons that last episode was a lot of fun. Because the fact that it allows characters that are not, you know, frequently brought to the forefront, it gives them moments to show off their new powers, their new gadgets, and it lets them be really heroic, um, which I think is great. So yeah, I had a lot of fun with this one. What about you? Yeah, I like this episode too. This arc isn't as rushed, I think, as the last one. Mm-hmm. And it really shows. Like, it's yeah. pretty well paced. And everybody gets some time to shine, which is great. Whereas mm-hmm. we only focused on a couple characters last arc. But, yeah, I think it's really good. I like the second part of the exam coming up too. It'll be fun to talk about. Um, the question I have for you is, who gets your plus ultra character of the week? Is it a, a Tenya or a Yuga award? Kanimari. Or a Kaminari, that's yeah. a good one too. I I got to give it to Yuga because not only was his decision to you know use his naval laser as a beacon, not only was that like a, a great moment for allowing Tenya to pass, but he, it allowed basically the remaining members of the class to pass, and he did it in a moment where he could have put himself out of commission, basically. So I have to give it to Yuga. This was I think this was a heroic moment for him. No, I agree. This was. His decision was an act of self-sacrifice, but it turned out to be a real winning moment for him where he was repaid for his kindness. Mm-hmm. What a good what a good feeling. Mm-hmm. So that was really great. But yeah, I think that wraps all the things that we normally do short of talking about how people can hang ten with us on the internets. On the Twitters. On the Twitters. You can do so on Twitter at one for all cast. Tell us what your favorite knockout was from this part of the arc, right? So who who passed that in spectacular fashion mm-hmm. that you really enjoyed? We would love to hear it. Additionally, if you want to follow our other projects, you can definitely do so on Twitter as well. I am at, incidentally, Anna, A-N-A, and Nancy is at... Watch Nancy Tweet. Now, if you are in the market for some good hero fiction... There is some available to you by our very own Nancy. It's available on Amazon today, and it is red and black, black and blue, silver and gold, and this new uh, Behind the Mask. Yes, a new short story anthology, which has a red and black short story inside. It's called Behind the Mask, and the paperback is on sale as of today. Um, And since this episode is going to come out in a few weeks... It's definitely going to be available then. So I, I recommend checking it out, um, either paperback or the ebook, if you want like a small sample of the Red and Black universe and various other superhero universes. Yeah, it's at a great price point too. So yeah, it's 99 cents for the ebook. So super cheap. If you want to dip a toe, as it were, into Nancy's work and kind of get an idea of the way she, she writes and, you know, what those books are all about. Never a better time to do so, especially since you have another book on the horizon coming this spring. Yes, I have my fourth 
Red and Black book, Past and Future, is coming out in April. Wait, April. So got to get ready for that. Yeah, it's going to be really exciting. Now, as always, thank you so much for listening, everybody. We make this show for you. It really wouldn't be the same without those numbers. Every week we just pass our 10,000 download milestone. Which is crazy. Like, I, they used to send us pretty frequent up updates about how many thousand listens that we had. For some reason, I just stopped getting them in my email. So I was not expecting that at all. That was a really nice surprise this week. Yeah, it was really great. It felt really good. And uh, we're looking forward to the next 10,000. So stick around. <laughs> stick around. There will be more. Thank you to Richard DaCosta, as always, for our opening and ending credits. And thank you, a very special thank you to my co-host, Nancy, for digging in and cre- honestly creating the book club, too, at the end of every arc. Nancy's book club is an essential part of this show now. And we're looking forward to doing one for the end of the provincial um, licensing arc. At the end of the season. Soon. Sooner than you think. This the season's going fast. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, that's it for us. We will see you next time for Season 3, Episode 19, Rescue Exercises. Get ready. We'll see you then. See you then.